Today we're going to resume our sermon series focusing on God's plan for the family. This month, November, we've called it Family Month here at Calvary Baptist Church, and we are committing ourselves to hear and then in faith to implement God's plan for our families. Now, I said last week as we started, I believe this could be, and I'm praying that it will be, the most important set of messages that I have ever preached. Now, I'm, I'm approaching it that manner. I, I'm praying that this would truly be the most important set of messages that I have ever preached. And you can be sure that I desire and that I am praying that we would be impacted by these messages, that we would be shaken, that, that our attention would be grabbed and that God would move in this focus, that he would move in this service, that he would move in this month. And I have been praying that we wouldn't just come and hear and then go away again unchanged, but that God would work in our lives, that God would work in our homes this month. Dear God, work in our homes this month. And yet, it will not happen without the thing that we are going to talk about today. You see, I can tell you that we need God to move in our churches today uh, that we might impact the world, that we need a movement of God in our churches and that I believe it's gonna start in our homes. I can tell you that. I can tell you that to see our world impacted by true disciples of Jesus Christ, they're gonna be raised up in our homes and we need that to happen in our homes. I can tell the men in the men's lunch that they are called and that they need to stand as the spiritual leaders in their homes and that God's gonna bless that and he's gonna use that in their homes. I can tell you that if you'll have a family devotion, it will profoundly impact. Again, we're gonna talk about that tonight, but it's gonna profoundly impact your home. I, I can tell you that. I can tell you even that Satan seeks to devour and to destroy your home and you rest assured he desires to destroy your home today. That's his goal, I can tell you that. I can call us to declare from last week that as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord and, and we can make that declaration but, but listen to me today, none of it will matter if we will not dedicate our homes to God if we will not give over our homes to God. And that is the difference. Last week we talked about the home decided for God. This week we're gonna talk about the home dedicated to God. And we're gonna see again there is a difference. Again, this week our message is entitled The Home Dedicated to God. We're in Genesis chapter 22. I'm gonna look at verses one through 12. Again, Genesis chapter 22, today verses one through 12. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Genesis chapter 22, beginning here in the first verse, it says this. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering 
and arose and went to the place on which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and built, bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we're thankful for you. I'm thankful that we serve a living God. I'm thankful more than that, but we serve a God that's active and living in our life that through Jesus Christ has become personal and known to us, that through Christ we have the redemption for the payment of our sin, that we have the atonement for the debt that we earned in our sin, that we have forgiveness. I thank you for Christ. I'm thankful now for our homes, and I'm thankful for the plan for the home. And I pray that as we listen this month and as we hear this month, that, that we would see a change in our hearts, a change in our lives, and it would be reflected in a change in our homes. We pray that we would raise godly, biblically trained followers of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would speak to men as the head of their homes. I pray that you would speak to mothers. I pray, again, that you would speak to grandparents. That you would speak to the children. Again, our homes would mirror the plan that you've intended for them. Move in this effort. I pray now in this message that you would speak to us, that your word that's living and active would be living and active in our minds and in our hearts today. Let us be changed in this hour. We pray for some in this hour that do not know Jesus Christ. And I pray that the focus of all that we would do would draw people to you. And I pray that in the preaching of your word and in the, in the drawing of your spirit that today they might put their faith in Christ for your glory and to your honor. We come today and we tell you we love you and we thank you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today's truth is this. For our homes to be what God intends them to be, for us to see God's plan unfold in our homes, we have to give them over to him. That is the truth for today. Listen to that again. For our homes to be what God intends for them to be, for us to see God's plan unfold in our homes, we have to give our homes over to him. Now let me tell you today, that is when it gets real. 
That is when it gets tough. There's, there's a lot of people and they have said with good intention, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But honestly today, you look around today, and in fact, you can go back to the book of, of Joshua and the book of Judges and see what those original people did. Even making that declaration, few are the homes that are actually given to God, who are actually dedicated to God. So the result of that today, you look at our homes and they look like the world's homes, very honestly. Today you go around and you look at our homes and our homes have blended into the culture that we live in today. Today you look at our kids, the fruit of our homes and we're producing kids who are ill-equipped to stand as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Friends, our homes have to be dedicated to God. They have to be given over to God. Let me just say this, and if not, we might as well shut our notes right now. If not, we might find something else to do this morning. If not, we might as well quit pretending because the rest will not matter. Our homes have to be dedicated, given over to the living God. So the question then becomes this morning, so what does that mean? If that's the key to all this, what does that look like? What does it require for us to dedicate, for us to give our homes over to God? Well, from our account today, I believe we're going to learn that. I believe we're going to see that from our verses today. Let's look at this. See in context here, in Genesis chapter 17, God promises to bless Abraham. He promises to multiply him. He he tells him that he's going to be the father of nations. Now, I think it's interesting there. It doesn't say just a nation, not the nation of Israel. He's going to be the father of nations. Now, remember the problem here is his wife, Sarah, Sarah at this point, hasn't been able to have kids. Well, understand in that culture, in that age, that was the sign of a curse. If there was a family that could not have kids, if there was a woman that could not produce kids, it was not a sign of a blessing upon that home. It was a sign of a curse from God upon that home. Well, when God tells Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 that he's gonna be the father of of nations, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 17, it says that Abraham falls on the ground with laughter. Now, I think you also need to remember here, Abraham at this point is 99 years old. His wife, Sarah, is 90 years old. And so when he hears the news, he falls on the ground and laughs. In Genesis chapter 18, Sarah now hears the news. And the Bible says in verse 11 that she is past the age of childbearing. Now, be sure today, understand physical, uh, physically, when she is past the age of childbearing, It's not improbable that she'll have a kid. It is impossible that she would ever have a child. And so in verse 12, upon hearing this news, the Bible says she also laughs. Then you move to Genesis chapter 21, and in the second verse we find that God is faithful to his promise. In chapter chapter 21, verse 2, it says, And so Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. In the third verse, it says they named him Isaac, which means to laugh. It means laughter. In the Hebrew, it means he will 
rejoice. Now, I want you to picture this. It's important for us to understand the context here. Here are these parents, and they had laughed in doubt. He told Abraham, you're going to be the father of, of, of nations, and he laughed in doubt. He, he told Sarah, you're going to be the mother of a son, and, and she laughed in doubt. But now on this day, they now hold this little baby. And let me just tell you, that's a great day when you hold your little baby, and they're holding this baby, and against all of the odds and against all the probabilities, their hearts are now full, and they laugh in joy. Can you picture that? Here they are, and they're holding this little son, this little baby, and now they laugh in joy. They love that son. And God has been faithful to them, and he's blessed them with a family. And that is the context in which chapter 22 then occurs. Looking at chapter 22 today, we're going to see eight truths for us. We're going to see eight pictures for us of a home dedicated to God. And so we're going to move through it again, looking at the verses, and we're going to see these eight truths, eight pictures of a home dedicated to God. First is this. A home dedicated to God is in fellowship with God. A home dedicated to God is in fellowship with God. With God. Look at verse 1. It says this. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. Now that may seem like a small thing, but do not miss this. Upon this day, when God says, Abraham, he answers back, Here am I. Catch that today. He was in a position to hear. From God. More than that, he was able to discern and to recognize the voice of God. And then hearing God's voice and discerning God's voice, he's able then to respond to the voice of God. A whole bunch of us today in 2016, we're so distracted by all the noise of the world. We're so distracted today by all the things of the world that we have a hard time and we can't hear the voice of God. Be sure if you're following any other voice, you're going to be misled. That is the ploy of Satan. That is the world's plan. We're misled by all the voices, all the noise in our life today. Well, the first thing, a home dedicated to God is in fellowship with God. Second truth, a home dedicated to God submits control to God. Now, this is the big one. A home dedicated to God gives over control to God. That's a very big deal. Look at verse 2. And he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Do you see what God is asking here in the second verse. He is saying, and it's very personal in how he phrases it there. He says, take your son, take your heir, take your hope, take your heart, take your only son, that son that you love, the son that you cherish. Remember his name is Isaac and, and his name is a reminder of laughter and joy. Take your son and offer him as a burnt offering. And Abraham knew exactly what that meant. He knew that God was requesting 
his son. This makes no sense. This is not logical. God gives you a son only to require from you that son in return. That makes no sense. This is not what Abraham and Sarah would have ever wanted to do. This was their son. This was their, their child and their hope was in him and they, they'd waited all these years for him and now they say take him as a burnt offering. This is not anything they would have ever wanted to do. And yet God asked him, he asked them to give control over to him. Very simply, he asked them to give Isaac to God. Listen to me today, hear this. Your home belongs to God. Your marriage belongs to God. Your spouse, they came from God, they belong to God. Your kids, they came from God, they belong to God. And in God's plan, we're asked to give them over, to submit them to him. Very simply, we're asked to give them back. Very honestly, this is where it falls apart for most of us. We're so thankful for our spouse and our home and our, and our kids that, that we start to think about the, the fact, the truth, that we have to dedicate them, we have to give them back to God, and we start to think, well, what if it doesn't turn out like I envisioned? What if God's plan is not my plan that I've hatched? What if it hurts me too much to, to give my home and to give my spouse and to, and to give my kids and to turn them over in the control to God? And yet God says, submit them to him. A home dedicated to God gives over control to God. Third, a home dedicated to God walks in obedience to God. A home dedicated to God walks in obedience to God. Listen to verses three and four again. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place in the distance. Now see this, I think it's, it's important for us to understand. God doesn't ask Abraham to, to act and then it quickly happens. It was not a spontaneous Thing. It was not something that was just driven by emotion. I heard the voice of God and then I quickly act. It wasn't that. No, it was a long walk. Imagine that first night. Imagine what Abraham must have felt like during the night. I, I wonder if he sat there in the dark with tears running down his face. I wonder if he goes over and tells Sarah what God has asked for their home. Does he sit there in the dark and does he look at his son Isaac, his promised son? Then the son comes up on that day and I imagine he has a knot in his stomach and he, and he goes out and it says he saddles his donkey and how slow he must have put that saddle on the donkey. It's gonna carry his son to the place of his death. And, and, then, he, and then he has to gather the wood and he, he begins to split the logs and he knows the purpose of each and every log that he splits. And, and I imagine the dread that's in his heart. And the Bible says that he arose and he went to that place. Another night, they sit by a campfire. 
sure he can't sleep, and I'm sure the night is still in his stomach, and then another day, and they're, they're moving on, and they move all through the day, and then another long night occurs, and the Bible says on the third day that now he can see the place in the distance, and there it looms in the distance, and there it stands, and it's a place of dread, and yet in obedience, he moves consistently closer. Don't miss this. Knowing what is being asked Knowing the cost, even looking at that cost, as he watches his only son, he walks in obedience. A home dedicated to God walks in obedience to God. That is what is required of a home that is given over to God. Next, a home dedicated to God stands in awe of God, stands in awe of God. That's the motivation. Look at verse five. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship. Now how, how crazy is that? How absolutely absurd is it that, that Abraham says at this point that we will go over there and we will worship. We will exalt God. We will praise God. We're going to give God his place, knowing his nature, trusting his character, even in this event, especially in this event, he says, they are going to worship God. Understand, we see here in the fifth verse that, that evidently Abraham is in awe of God. Why, why would he ever endeavor to do this? Why would he obey God? Why would he give his family back to God? It's because he is in awe of God. Be sure this morning, this is the starting place. And my, maybe it's why we fail miserably at this. We have to, knowing God and, and seeing God and loving God, we have to be in awe of God and then we'll submit to him and then we will obey him and then we will give ourselves and our families over to him. And very simply today, and I can't say it hard enough, very simply today, if you're not impressed and if you're not amazed and if you're not staggered by the absolute glory of our God, then it's not gonna happen for you. The family dedicated to God stands in awe of God. Next thing, the family dedicated to God operates in faith, operates in faith. Back to verse five again. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Notice that, did you ever notice that it says, and we will worship and we will return to you. Now God asked him to sacrifice his son. In fact, he has done all the things. He has made all the preparations to sacrifice his son. We'll see in, in the later verses coming up that he intends and he is willing to sacrifice his son. And yet he says here, we will return to you. Now, I don't know how to explain that to you, but evidently, I'm not sure, but maybe he knew that the God that gave him that son would somehow protect that son, or he knew the God that gave him that son would somehow raise him back to life. I don't know what he was thinking, but evidently he had faith in God 
Today, we, we have to have faith in God to, to turn our families over to him. It has to be steeped in faith. We must believe that he is faithful. We have to know that he is trustworthy. We can only place our family with God after we've placed our faith in God. Sixth thing. A family dedicated to God points to Jesus. A family dedicated to God points to Jesus. Listen to verses six through eight. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And so the two of them walked on together. Isaac was old enough and he was smart enough and he had been through the routine enough that that he looks around and he sees what's happening here and he recognizes there is no lamb. And so he asks, where is the lamb? And he, he asks Abraham, where is the lamb? And Abraham responds back to him, God will provide for himself, satisfying his own requirements, but he also provides from himself the lamb. Now, now listen to me, a, a good sermon just got a whole lot better this morning. Listen to this. This is pointing to Jesus. Do you see that? This is pointing to Jesus. Stay with me. You see today, Isaac's problem is our problem. We needed a lamb. And if God doesn't provide the lamb, we are gonna die. That's the dilemma that Isaac was in. And so Isaac looks around and he sees there's no lamb. And he says, Dad, where is the lamb? Listen to me, as sinful people, we've earned a debt that only death can satisfy. As sinful people, we've earned a debt that only blood can atone for and we need a lamb. And so we look around and we say, Dad, where is the lamb? And in the greatest act of love ever seen, in the greatest display of grace ever known, 2,000 years later, as John the Baptist is baptizing in the Jordan River, he looks up on the hills overseeing that river and walking down that hill is Jesus himself. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. We have our Lamb and it is Jesus. Listen to me today, a family dedicated to God points to Jesus. That's the purpose of the family. It points those kids to Jesus. And in the process of raising them, it draws those parents to Jesus. And to the neighbors that are looking in, it points to Jesus. A family dedicated to God points to Jesus. Seventh, family dedicated to God requires a willingness to sacrifice. A family dedicated to God requires a willingness to sacrifice. Listen to verses nine and 10. And then they came to the place in which God had told them and Abraham built the altar and there arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac, can you imagine? And laid him on the altar on top of the wood. 
Abraham stretched out his hand. He drew back the knife and took the knife to slay his son. Abraham was willing to sacrifice. Abraham was willing to follow through. Today in 2016, to give your family over to God, to dedicate to him totally, it's gonna cost you. It's not gonna be what the world would do. They're not gonna agree with you. In fact, you're gonna be in opposition to the culture. It's gonna cause difficulty for you. It will cost you. The family dedicated to God requires a willingness to sacrifice. Be ready. Be prepared. That brings us to the last thing, the eighth thing. A family dedicated to God pleases God. Pleases God. Look at verse 12. And he said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Listen to verses 16 and 17. And he said, behold, by myself I've sworn, declares the Lord. Because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, indeed I will greatly bless you. And I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. See this today. God's plan unfolds through a family dedicated to him. God's plan unfolds through a family given to him. Listen to me today, it's still the same today. God's plan for your family is only gonna happen when you've given your family to him. His intention for your home is only gonna happen when it's given back to him. And God today, in these days, he is pleased by the trust and by the faith and by the obedience and the submission of a home that says, you know what, we're thankful for this home and oh, we love this family, but you know what, we know the living God and we give it over to him and he's pleased in that home. Here's the question. Is your desire in your home to please God greater than any other desire? That's the question. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And I'm thankful for the truth of your word and I'm thankful for the, for the faithful, obedient example of Abraham. He was a sinner. He, he, he messed up. He did unspeakable things. But we see unimaginable obedience and faith and we see the plan unfold and it's, it's a plan that even led to our redemption, to our salvation. I'm thankful for that example. I pray for us today as, as grandparents and as parents and as, as children and some of us as, as single parents and as we struggle to, to, to push out of the culture, I pray that we would give our homes over to you, that we wouldn't try to hold back a part of it, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to craft it, but we would dedicate our homes to you. Help us in that, empower that, and then turn and use it for your glory and for your purpose. Come today and I pray for dads. I pray for moms, bless them, lead them, correct us, change us by the truth of your word. Come today and I see the ultimate goal of all this is to produce disciples of Christ, followers of Christ. 
I pray that maybe in this room today that there's some here that, are, that really didn't come from this kind of home or maybe they're not leading this type of home. Maybe it's because they're outside of a relationship with Christ himself and that's the starting place. You have to be in fellowship with God and that only happens through Jesus. And I, I pray that you speak to their hearts and I, I pray that decisions might be made in this hour. Pray that homes will be changed and we will be changed. Pray that you move and that you work and we lay this at your feet and we dedicate it to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.